This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason Mann, and uh, joining me again is uh, Rainus Lattice of the Handle Podcast. This is part two of our conversation looking at uh, retired jerseys and reasons behind teams uh, choosing players or omitting players and which players should be considered in the future. So, uh, hope you enjoy. Thanks. So, uh, next we have the, uh, the Denver Nuggets, um, Alex English, uh, David Thompson, Byron Beck, uh, Dan Issel, Kevin Matembo, and coach Doug Moe. Also, uh, fat levers, uh, number 12 was retired, uh, in, uh, uh, December of 2017. And, um, their first number retired was a Byron Beck in 1977. Uh, this was after he had retired, although not very long after he'd retired, um, and uh, he was uh, the actually the first player signed by the uh, Nuggets franchise with the Rockets at that point. And along with Louis Dampier, he was the only ABA player to remain with the same franchise for the entire existence of the ABA. And he did play one uh, NBA season with the um, w- with the uh, Nuggets. So and um, it was only one of three ABA original, originals, along with a uh, Dampier and uh, Fred Lewis, to also play in the uh, NBA. So it's a lot of a. Uh, have a lot of plot. It's not, you know, super well known, but it was, you know, was a solid player for some good teams, you know, was known for his, uh, his hook shot and for stout rebounding. So, uh, you kind of, kind of one of these, yeah, at that point he had certainly been, you know, uh, one of the most important players in, you know, franchises, relatively short, uh, history. And even though he, he sort of, uh, you know, doesn't stand out as, as much here, I, I, I think it's, you know, he was more than a cult favorite. He was actually a very genuinely a good player. Um, and, uh, yeah, it took place during halftime of a Nuggets-Bullets game in 77, uh, and then, 
uh, Coach Larry Brown, uh, former player Larry Brown, uh, Carl Shear, the GM, Dan Issel, Thompson, David Thompson, and uh, the Denver Mayor all spoke about Beck's uh, career and presented him with numerous mementos. So yeah, it's 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 like a bit better. Although I guess th- those All Star teams uh, swing it, but it's it's like a bit better case uh, than Brad Davis's, but uh, a, a, a really similar one. You know, b- where you were with the franchise from the first year, and obviously the ABA is another wrinkle here. But uh, yeah, good. I guess it's good to see uh, you know a, a guy who was with the team for for a long time to be the first one. Yeah. Um... And I, I would say all these guys are fairly are, are you know pretty fairly deserving. You know, Matumbo um, he has the same issue that he has with Atlanta, where he never play, played for a franchise for that long. He's probably better remember for being with the Nuggets because of the, you know being part of the upset of the uh, Sonics in '94. But um, you know, but again, you know the the fame and impact there. I, I certainly see the case for having him be part of that. Yeah, I, I think it, I, in a way I almost think it shows how how fun Dikembe was and how everybody loved him because uh, I I could imagine that certain other players you know wouldn't either have the Nuggets jersey or the Hawks one, but he gets both. Um, so yeah. yeah, good for him. Yeah, the, really, uh, there aren't really any big omissions. I mean, you could say Bobby Jones or something, but um, you know, he's um, uh, he, he was he was a good player and in, in, in part of their late late seventies success, including their finals appearance in seventy six. But um, you know, the longevity obviously is better known for his years in Philly. Uh, in terms of guys who you know coming up who might be honored, uh, Carmelo Anthony certainly there's a possibility there. Of course, with the the way he left, maybe not. Uh, Nene um, had a, a, a is up there in the leaderboard in terms of franchise history and was a you know a good solid player maybe not certainly not a great one but um but he has a possibility the other guy maybe Chauncey Billups um he wasn't there that long but given his ties to uh, Denver and uh things I, I could see that being a a remote possibility and I'd throw in uh, Ralph Simpson as well because uh, oh yeah six years five of them uh, as an all-star uh, I, I sort of wonder why he didn't get the, the the treatment you know the Nets gave some of their players because Byron Beck's the 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 the, the longevity case and then the Ralph Simpson could have been you know the first superstar case because he was uh, you know carried them throughout those years before David Thompson actually arrived yeah that's a good point I uh, yeah he didn't immediately come to mind but he absolutely um, would be up there as well it's interesting interesting that he kind of got overlooked in that uh, in that shuffle so um so now we're getting to some teams that have a more extensive number of retirements um the uh, the Rockets have uh, Yao Ming, Clyde Drexler, Calvin Murphy, Moses Malone, Akeem Olajuwon, and Rui Tomjanovic. And also, Carol Dawson has his initial CD retired. And he was the uh, Rockets GM from 97 to 2007 before Daryl Morey. He spent 27 years all told with the franchise. He was actually an assistant coach on all four Rockets finals teams and um, was known for um, working with the big men, like obviously Alvin Hayes, Moses Malone, Akeem Olajuwon, Ralph Sampson. And uh, Elijah one is always credited to him with helping him develop his uh, jump hook. So, um, and the first number retired was Rudy Tomjanovich in uh, 1982. Uh, soon after uh, he had retired, of course, he spent his entire uh, his entire uh, career with the uh, franchise as a player, and and you know uh, went through the uh, incident with a uh, with Kermit Washington being punched, and and had a um, you know it came back from that, and it was still a had had a good career for the rest of his uh, career, and was a uh, was an excellent player. Um, now I would I would say these guys are all uh, you know pretty much what I would expect in franchise history. There's no one who's uh, up there other than Carol Dawson of course uh, you know who's like a, a guy who um, you know stands out as as uh, being a, a particular big surprise there 
Yeah, it's it's almost like they had some very easy choices to make because they have the absolute best uh, guys who sort of get rewarded for longevity. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovic and, and Calvin Murphy, obviously, were the the the, the duo that uh, you know brought Houston to some prominence. And uh, even though both uh, had had some obstacles, and in, in, in Rudy's case, obviously, that was the the punch. Uh, Calvin perhaps wasn't as as good as a player per se, but he uh, you know he had the the novelty about his size. So I, I think they had some easy choices to make. Uh, re- relatively easy and uh, they all they made them all and uh, yeah it's glad to see those guys up there and uh, as, as you mentioned that uh, you know uh, obviously I, I, we don't know that much about Carl Dawson by not being there but it's, it seems like he he left uh, he left an imprint there so yeah more power to them for for you know recognizing as well yeah uh, you know, in terms of omissions, I mean, really the only guy, uh, Elvin Hayes, you could make a case for, and obviously his, his best years were with the Bullets. Um, he was, you know, with the Rockets uh, early on when they were in San Diego and then a little bit in Houston. In fact, they moved to Houston because of Elvin Hayes because, of course, his ties to the University of Houston, and, or at least that was a significant part of the reason. Um, and then he came back toward the end of his career. So he had a lot of years with the Rockets, but they were not really the best years of his career. I mean, if you, if you throw in the importance to the area in college and stuff, you, you could make a case. But really, it, you know, it seems like it's fine to leave him off. He was honored by the Bullets. That's That seems more appropriate. Um, on the horizon, I would say you know, James Harden is uh, – an obvious, um, you know, it's going to happen at some point in his career. I mean, he's obviously had great years there, probably going to win MVP this year and, you know, and, and so forth. So he seems, he's obviously seems like a no brainer unless, you know, odd circumstances happen with him. And I, I might throw in Robert Reed, who played with Houston for a decade, uh, probably the second best player in their first finals team. And uh, I think he was the only one to remain for, for the team in, in 86, uh, although, Alan Level might have been on that team as well, yeah. Yeah, I think those were the only two, but but yes. So yeah, and he took over some of the point guard duties after John Lucas had his had his relapse, and one of the first point forwards. And uh, you know, it 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 might just be that they're looking for a higher standard because uh, I don't think you know Robert Reed was ever you know the type of player that those those guys were. But uh, you know, he 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 might he might be someone who who they could consider. But uh, I guess he's not as glamorous. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, some oddness here is the uh, the Sonics Thunder franchise, and um, the Sonics retired um, six numbers and a non-number: uh, Gus Williams, Nate McMillan, Lenny Wilkins, Spencer Haywood, uh, Fred Brown, and Jack Sigma, and then Bob Blackburn, who was their TV play-by-play announcer from '68 to '92, also retired, given a mic uh, uh, listing on uh, jersey. And I didn't realize this until I um, went through this project, but the um, the Thunder have honored the Sonics retired numbers that have not given any of them out uh, as they've uh, been with the uh, Thunder. And um, I don't think there's any like requirement that they do that. And it's sort of odd given that they, um, you know, really have, you know, for obvious reasons, have not really honored the team's history. But for whatever reason, they've, they've kept that going. Yeah, it is an awkward one. And uh I think the hope is that if Seattle, Seattle does eventually get their team, that they will get their history from the Thunder like the Hornets did with uh, New Orleans, where they get their numbers back and uh, get their history back. And, uh, you know, that sort of those those numbers find their place in, in Seattle. Hopefully hopefully they get the team, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, the first number retired was Lenny Wilkins, who uh, was given it in uh, in October of '79. That was the year after they had gone to the finals with Wilkins. Um, 
as their coach, you know, and they would win the championship in 79. Uh, Gus Williams actually wasn't retired until 2004, which is a little surprising. And and Haywood wasn't retired until uh, 2007, which is even more surprising. And I guess in some respect, his timing was lucky because that was just before the team. They had been sold, but it was before the team. It was known that they were, you know, planning to move. So that probably would not have happened, uh, you know, much later. So he was... uh, fortunate there and actually was um it happened uh just after the death of dennis johnson also wore 24 with the uh, sonics i'm actually slightly surprised they didn't retire you know both them together given you know their importance in uh in in franchise history so um and haywood obviously being the first star with the team and and in a way i'd even say that uh the lenny wilkins one is is one that probably set a precedent because uh when have you heard of a coach you know get, getting his uh, number retired after after he won the title i, I obviously the the days he spent as a player in, in seattle at, at a added bonus to make that happen but uh still i i wonder how the team felt about that because you know there certainly were some clashes in the locker room uh, after their title but uh yeah a, a unique case yeah you know uh, you're right i that did, didn't occur to me but that maybe that added a little bit of of, yeah, I, I I wonder the fact that Lenny was a player there if that added some, um, it, because usually you know when there are conflicts between a coach and a player, you know there's a certain amount. You know, I think most fans are probably going to side with 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 the player to a certain extent, or at least there's going to be kind of a, I, I, it, it's a different vibe when the coach was also one of the better players in franchise history that 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 is kind of a different dynamic in between player and coach i I think and maybe that fueled some of the feelings there yeah and i i have to assume uh, i don't know maybe it's some interesting reading for the future but i have to assume that people were on lenny's side rather than uh, you know the the young and uh, quote-unquote i guess they they probably were considered spoiled superstars you know uh, obviously Gus uh, sat out a season soon after that, and then Dennis was on the move, and uh, yeah, temp- tempers were flaring all over the place. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of omissions, I mean, obviously Gary Payton and Sean Kemp are are pretty obvious, you know, in particular Payton. Um, they're, you know, hopefully if Seattle Seattle can get a team and they, they can get their due recognition, I, I would say that Left Shrimp also has a, a case for uh, that in terms of Sonics. And in terms of Thunder, you know, on the horizon someday, I mean, I, Russell Westbrook is, you know, definitely a no-brainer. Uh, I, I'm assuming Kevin Durant will someday, you know, be honored as well, despite, um, you know, the, the, the feelings that are there, I'm sure at some point those will likely be, be thought over and, and he will, you know, probably get his uh, number retired. Um, although they did actually issued it to, uh, to PJ Dozier, uh, this year. So <laughs> they, they have not kept it out of circulation. So, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then, you know, I, I could see s- sort of similar to, um, to Udonis Haslam, Nick Collison, perhaps, you know, that, that that's, you know, I, I'm not sure if they would do that, but in terms of, you know, original Oklahoma City Thunder type thing, I, I would say Collison, you know, you could see that happening. Yeah, I, f- I think they value him that way. And I, I think the question will be whether, you know, whether you retire his uh, jersey the first as, 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 as the Brad Davis case, or do you wait for, for Russell Westbrook to end his career? Yeah, and I guess, you know, having to make the decision on retiring it, you kind of have to make the decision on whether you continue to honor the Sonics numbers or not do. You know, I, I wonder if those things have to go hand in hand. I mean, I guess not necessarily, but it, it, it does add to the awkwardness if the Thunder retire a number and then you have all these, you know, numbers that you're not using but are up in the rafters. So. Right. Well, at, at least in, in Collison's case, he la- probably lands in Oklahoma City because, yeah, that's that split happened pretty early on in, in his career. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, 
so the the Cavs um, are next, and they have seven numbers retired: uh, Bingo Smith, Junius Agaskis, Larry Nance, Mark Price, Austin Carr, Nate Thurman, and Brad Doherty. Uh, Joe Tate has a microphone retired as well. He was a radio broadcaster from '71 to 2011. Uh, their first number retired was Nate Thurmond in uh, in December of '77. He'd only played with the Cavs for two seasons, but was a uh, Akron legend. Uh, played for Bowling Green, which is uh, in Ohio on the other side of uh, of it's like an hour and a half from Cleveland, and was a major part of the uh, miracle at Ridgefield '76 uh, team that uh, that that made it to the conference finals that year and were you know big surprise. So. Um, you know, there, there was more going on, obviously all time legend as well, you know, future hall of famers. So there was more going on there, but that obviously is one that, that definitely, uh, breaks your longevity role for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's probably the shortest stint a, a player ever had for a team, uh, only for, you know, to get his Jersey retired later on. I can't think of anyone else, at least in, in this regard, because two seasons, that's, that's quite, that's quite a short stint. Yeah, definitely. That, yeah, that one's, that one's a little bit, uh, yeah, that, that definitely short. Uh, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I don't, again, I, I, it's not like I have a problem with it or anything. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I find it less weird than I find Orlando not choose, not retiring anyone's player, anyone's number, I guess. So. Oh yeah. And then, and I probably Nate, Nate Furman's overall greatness. Yeah. Help them, help them make that choice because it's not like, you know, the guy isn't deserving of recognition, even if it didn't exactly happen in your own city. Maybe I don't know the the number the name that kind of stands out here is a little bit odd is Bingo Smith, uh, who was re- he was the second number retired. It was December of seventy nine, and actually they retired his jersey just over a month after they traded him to uh, San Diego. But he was the or a the Cavalier who was on the original team and lasted the longest with the franchise. And a lot of teams in the seventies did this, and, and we we saw the Mavericks did it with Brad Davis. Where they would retire, the, you know, the the player who lasted longest with the franchise. That was kind of a thing that was sort of a trend in Jersey retirements in the seventies, and they they kind of started to amp up. I, I would say in the uh, in the late seventies, that was when they started to kind of happen more frequently. They had happened a handful of times in the sixties, uh, but really it was mostly the Celtics who did that, and maybe you know a couple other teams. It wasn't really you know a a, a huge trend until you know the late seventies, early eighties, where you know. The NBA had kind of had enough history behind it where it kind of made, you know, sense for some of the stuff to start happening. And, and some of these teams just wanted to, you know, I put a number up there just to kind of honor, you know, their early history. Yeah. And this is, this is, as, as you said, this is right around the time when Elvin Hayes gets his, um, I'm blanking on another name who got his in, in 79 when he was traded away from his team. But uh, yeah, another, another player who got to play, got to play in his own retirement ceremony. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that's an odd one too. Yeah, one one of the one of the few cases is we talked about there. Um, yeah, uh, in terms of omissions, I mean, Hot Rod Williams kind of stands out as you know, he was a pretty important part of those uh, Cavs teams along with Price and Doherty and Nance. It's not like it's absolutely egregious. I mean, he, I I wouldn't say he has to be on there or anything, but he, you know, is kind of the one guy who I would say would be, um, you know, would 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 be on there. Um, I I believe Walt Frazier was the other one. He he was uh was October of seventy nine that his jersey was retired. So after he had gone to the uh, the was that after he retired? No no it was he was on the Cavaliers at that point because he retired um right I, I, yeah I think in uh after the eighty season so um anyway yeah I I don't know it, it, but yeah I he's definitely not one you have to retire but he's you know kind of like you know 
why is his not retired as opposed to the other guys? You know, it's a reasonable question. But in terms of on the horizon, I mean, obviously LeBron James's number is going to be retired at uh, some point. Um, and you you might think you know uh, you know Kevin Love you, you know would be uh, would would stand out as an option. Kyrie Irving perhaps, although obviously he left the team uh, recently. You know, we'll see how feelings go with that, and you know what he kind of accomplishes with the uh, with the Celtics. Uh, Enters and Verishow would be. You know the other guy who had a lot of longevity and you know had some pretty strong years for the um you know for the the first Cavs go around with LeBron um although obviously injuries you know shortened his impact so he's again a possibility it was kind of a cult favorite but um you know I would say is a remote possibility yeah and I hope they do Barzell because he's one of those you know all hard guys who made a lot out of nothing and I and I and I don't know whether it's my age but it's all, it 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 might be it might be similar with Hotrod because uh, you know it maybe he was also someone who was viewed that way back then but uh, yeah too bad his name is synonymous with the 90s and you know the influx of cash which was then given in large contracts to all players but because he was a good center otherwise but yeah that that contract of his uh, comes to my mind when I hear, hear of his name yeah definitely uh, so uh, next is the Bucks. Uh, they have retired uh, eight numbers: um, Oscar Robertson, Junior Bridgman, Sidney Moncrief, Bob Dandridge, John McLaughlin, Bob Lanier, uh, Brian Wilter- Winters, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, their first uh, was um, Oscar Robertson in '74. Uh, uh, surprisingly, Bob Dandridge's number was not retired until 2015. I have no idea what that was about, but that's sort of a uh, odd uh, situation. And and the Bucks, I would say, are the team that has had the oddest jersey retirements um, in terms of who they have chosen and who they have omitted. I mean, um, obviously, um, I would say Oscar, uh, Kareem, and Bob Dandridge are sort of no-brainers, you know, were the most important players of the best um years in franchise history i and i was a moncrief as well given you know what his he meant with the 80s um the other guys i mean lanier is obviously a hall of famer but was you know uh you know more of a role player with those teams and then um you know uh, we'll, we'll get we'll dig into the other guys but um you know mclaughlin you know again kind of had this original milwaukee buck uh thing you know he uh and he was also the leading scorer on the inaugural bucks team and was the first player to represent them in the all-star game and then later on he's been a, a broadcaster for the team for almost 40 years so um has, has been part of that and but he was retired in 76 um but is you know was a one-time all-star so he was certainly was you know a decent player but sort of an odd um I guess at the time it's less of an odd choice because of this idea of retiring that original player. Um, then Brian Winters um, was a little bit better of a player than I remember. Was a two-time All-Star. Um, retired his jersey in um, '83, and he was retired in a season after he had suffered from back and other injuries. So um, you know, it, it was during a time in which you know they they'd had several years of success falling short of making the finals but obviously you know had some of their great teams in their early 80s but um you know um maybe because you know his his success was cut short maybe there there was a that was part of the motivation in honoring him there but um and then junior bridgman who um had 10 seasons in two stints in milwaukee you know was a was was a sixth man there was a consistently you know, despite being coming off the bench he uh led he scored double figures for eight straight seasons and um he um 
and then he'd also at the time he had played more when he was retired he had played more team more more games with the bucks than any other team in its history uh was another guy who suffered a uh a serious injury and then was retired after that but you look at those three guys and you're like okay yeah they all have certainly have cases and strong but you look at the guys who have been omitted like terry cummings who was two-time all-nba marcus johnson four-time all-star three-time all-nba averaged 21 points in seven seasons you know and then guys who are less of a case but i still think you know are maybe even better case than the three guys who did retire michael red glenn robinson and paul pressy it's just sort of a it's a very odd a hodgepodge of who they've chosen and who they did not choose. Yeah, and I, and I wonder where they did indeed draw that line because I, I did look up that uh, Herb Cole bought a team in 1985. So if if we look at his, you know, if if he figured that his ownership had something to do with it, uh, he basically had one loose end in, in, in this regard because uh, under his ownership, they retired Junior Bridgman, uh, the leading gay man for the franchise. And that's sort of where it ends, right? The 70s generation has got theirs. And uh, the next teams of Marcus, uh, Terry Cummings, and, and Paul Pressy didn't. So I, 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 they have a bit less games, yet they probably were better players. So it's it's sort of out how that uh, how that team didn't get its due. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, it's obviously Cummings, you know, was a, a the best player probably on that later um, you know, generation of the the late '80s Bucks teams. You know, the, after the after the big trade, you know, with the Clippers. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. Honestly, Marcus is Marcus coming to the two that that just I I don't quite understand. I mean, th- those guys seem like no brainers, even if they don't quite have the same longevity. Uh, although you know, uh, Johnson was there for seven seasons, so I don't know. Anyway, um, on the horizon, I mean, the only other guy um, who I would think would be a possibility, but I, I but it's remote. You know, uh, Hall of Famer now Hall of Famer Ray Allen. Um, it's a possibility. And then, you know, someday I think, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo, I think he's, you know, um, I think that's that's very likely given the career track that um, he is on at this point. Um, given the accolades that he have, I think he is is likely to be the next one. Yeah, well, well, by the looks of it, by the, by the way they have handled things, he seems like the only very likely one unless they, you know, start to bring bring the guys back. And uh, Mar- Marcus is, is, is around. He's returned to announce their games and they sort of, you know, have... Uh, mended their relationship because he had an ugly exit and uh, i think he accused the, the franchise of leaking some material about uh, a, a drug rehabilitation he had done so i hope that uh, maybe that's the, the fact that he's back in town that that might serve as a, as a way to sort of recognize these guys because yeah it's it's a it's an odd list when you when you look at, uh, at the whole history of the franchise yeah i that's that's a probably yeah that, that, that probably has a lot to do with the reason now that i think about it. i i'd re, I, yeah the fact that he's back with the franchise i think leads to more likelihood that he might get that recognition eventually. Um, next, we have the Spurs, who have eight numbers retired. Uh, Johnny Moore, uh, Avery Johnson, Bruce Bowen, James Silas, Tim Duncan, Sean Elliott, George Gervin, and David Robinson. Uh, their first number retired was actually James Silas in 1984, who was known as Captain Late, was a two-time All-ABA and uh, had a really good career, but would have even been better without a knee injury that limited him in his NBA years, although he did help the uh, 79 team to the uh, – make it to game seven of the Eastern conference final and was the the top regular season team in terms of SRS that year. So, uh, those Spurs teams, you know, had some, they, they had some strong teams in the late seventies and the early eighties with Silas and George Gervin and Artis Gilmore eventually. Um, probably the, the oddest one for me in terms of, uh, a guy I wasn't super familiar with was Johnny Moore, uh, whose Jersey was retired in 98. Uh, but he spent 
uh, nine years with the, uh, the the Spurs, the numbers don't really stand out uh, overall. 9.4 points, 7.4 assists, never an all-star, but he did lead the league in, in, in assists in 82, uh, along with Gervin and Gilmore, you know, as part of those strong Spurs teams that... Um, you know, in the early 80s, uh, he had a five-year peak from 82 to 86, was 11.3 points per game, 9.7 assists, and 2.4 steals. So a little better if you look at the, those peak. And it was cut short because he had a form of meningitis called desert fever that that, that, that knocked him out for a long time and, and you know, limited his ability even when he came back. But he had teamed with Alvin Robertson to form the Twin Terrors backcourt. And um, then... Did manage to come back. It was a role player on the 1990 team with David Robinson, Sean Elliott, and Terry Cummings that had one of the greatest turnarounds in uh, NBA history. So, um, yeah, he was definitely a, you know, um, he, uh, again, a guy that didn't stand out. But when you kind of look at the case, you know, it, it's, uh, you can see why they made that choice. Yeah, and 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 the same time you almost want to look at the, at the at the better parts of his career and try to you know how maybe you can see a case for how he was underrated, but I think at the end of the day it's it's just the sports way they they take care of their own and uh, I know George Gervin has talked about the way he appreciates R.C. Buford, uh, Pop, and 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 Peter Holt that uh, that the franchise takes care of their own and uh, there probably won't be any surprises with the Spurs as as long as those people are connected with the team. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And um, obviously on the horizon, you know, Tony Parker and Mike Ginobili are obviously going to get uh, that retired someday. You would assume Kawhi Leonard, uh, assuming things uh, go can go well with the rest of his career and the Spurs, if that relationship you, it continues to be OK, I think that's uh, likely uh, or nearly 100 percent certain as well. Yeah. And it would almost be fun to predict who is the next next Avery Johnson or the next Johnny Moore, because, uh, you know, if if. If Danny Green decides to stick around because his fate could be determined this season as he has a chance to opt out, uh, l- let's say if he stays for another three-year contract, that would put him at 10 full seasons. And then Patty Mills is also at seven seasons and is signed for an additional three. So, uh, you know, there, there might, there, there probably will be one role player from this, from this last title run where they get to be the next Sean Elliott or the next Avery Johnson. And I think that maybe one of them too could get retired as well. You know, it, it definitely seems odd now that you, you know, talk about them as active players because uh, who could imagine Patty Mills's jersey on, on, in the Raptors? But, uh, you know, he's getting there. And if the precedence is uh, there, uh, I see, I don't see any reason why, he, you know, he shouldn't get any, his, his jersey retired. Yeah, that, that's a weird one. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I think Danny Green, I, mean, I guess Patty Mills was on the championship teams as well. But I think of Danny Green as being like a more, you know, important part of, of that title, you know, in 2014. So, um, but they, yeah, that interesting to think about, you know, some of the guys who are going to be honored uh, honored there. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel like the, the, the Spurs are a team that you could say maybe uh, was a little bit aggressive in terms of guys who retired. I mean, Bruce Bowen and Avery Johnson wouldn't necessarily have been retired and for other franchises. Um, and, and, you know, they obviously had important roles on Spurs titles teams and were there for a long time. So I get it. But, um, but maybe, you know, when you're in terms of setting precedent, maybe, you know, whether those guys, whether guys on that level get retired in the future will be interesting to see whether, you know, if they continue to do that. Yeah. So next is the uh, is the Knicks, and we have uh, we have Walt Frazier, Dick Barnett, Dick McGuire, Earl Monroe, Willis Reed, Dave DeBusher, uh, Bill Bradley, uh, Patrick Ewing, and Red Holzman is six thirteen retired for a number of wins for the team. Um, 
So, yeah, Dick McGuire and Earl Monroe actually share number 15, although they were retired at different times. Uh, the first number retired was Willis Reed in 1976 after his career ended. Um, I guess the, the biggest surprise here is uh, Dick McGuire to me. Um, he His jersey was retired in, uh, in 92. Um, and, and the odd thing to me is not necessarily that he got his retired, but that he was chosen and none of the fifties guys, um, you know, like you look at Harry Gallatin, Carl Braun, Nat Clifton, uh, Vince Borla, you know, all those guys who they made three finals and, you know, were, were pretty stout team very early on in the NBA, um, but uh, McGuire has spent many years as a scout and assistant coach for the uh, Knicks. He also was head coach there for in the mid sixties and was there for 50, 53 years all told. So, you know, given that, yeah, that, then it, that obviously makes more sense to honor him as opposed to the other guys. But yeah, I'm really, I'm kind of surprised that none of those guys, especially Gallatin, who was, you know, made the all-star game seven times, all NBA twice and led the Knicks to the finals three times. The fact that he hasn't really been honored, um, just, uh, it is pretty surprising to me makes you wonder if just it was like a weird Ned Irish thing where yeah I always feel like whenever I read about Ned Irish it was just like some like <laughs> peculiar thing that he didn't like or that he didn't want to do and maybe he didn't want to retire numbers for some reason yeah because they definitely have the best chance and uh, you know I, I got on the Hawks franchise for not retiring Cliff Hagen's number but uh, you know at least there's the there's the different city factor there the fact that he played in St. Louis but uh, the Knicks don't have really any excuses and uh, it's probably too late for that to change now but uh, you know not if you you could definitely make the cases for some of those guys and it's it's, it's definitely odd yeah uh, the only the other odd omission maybe is Bernard King um, and, and I, I've read, although I, I guess I can't 100% confirm this, that the Knicks only retire Hall of Famers, and some teams have chosen to do that, which obviously is a way of lim- limiting your options. But and, but he's been inducted in 2013, so there's been enough time certainly to honor him. I, I wonder if there's an issue that's keeping that from happening. Uh, on the horizon, I mean, really only Carmelo Anthony seems like a possibility in terms of guys who have been with the team recently um but yeah obviously that's sort of i guess that would be up to to be determined whether that uh is something that would happen i you know i I could see either way really yeah and it's it's a tough one in regards to bernard because as as spectacular as that time was you know the playoff run he put together he only played for 206 games for the knicks and uh, it's it's kind of similar to his hall of fame case because he doesn't have the title or that one team success story which gives him sort of the benefit of the doubt because uh, the injuries held him back but uh, you know the, the the overall greatness sort of is is there only for individual purposes and, and not for team greatness yeah definitely uh so now we're looking at teams who've acquired quite a retired quite a few numbers uh and first we have the jazz who have um retired uh uh, Frank, number one for Frank Layden, uh, of course, their longtime coach and GM, uh, Adrian Dantley, Pete Maravich, Larry Miller, their um, their longtime owner, number nine, uh, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek, uh, Carl Malone, uh, Daryl Griffith, Mark Eaton, and uh, Hot Rod Huntley uh, has a microphone, and also uh, Jerry Sloan, 1223, um, for, for his coaching wins. So um, the first number retired was... Um, well, actually, it was uh, it was Pete Maravich who was retired in a ceremony in um, December of 1985 during a Jazz Rockets team. Uh, and that's sort of an interesting one because he's obviously, you know, one of the – he was the first player in Jazz franchise history, still the most important player probably in Jazz history at that point, still even in 85. Of course, he barely played in Utah and feud with management during his time there, so it was sort of odd to have his – 
jersey retired in Utah, but that's kind of what happens sometimes when the uh, um, when the team moves. I, I think it was nice that they honored him. They still wanted to honor him despite um, all of that. Um, and uh, Frank Layden, he was um, so he, so he actually retired as a coach in December of '88, uh, and his his uh, jersey retirement is listed or it was listed at. Uh, on uh, December of 88, but I'm pretty sure the actual ceremony happened in April of, um, 89. And, um, so it was probably announced when he actually, you know, passed the torch to Jerry Sloan. But, um, so that was, uh, that was sort of interesting. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. Probably the, the oddest, most surprising for me would be Daryl Griffith, um, who was you know, a good player, but maybe a little bit forgotten about with, you know, uh, coming, you know, largely before the Stockton Malone era. Yeah, and it, it's 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 almost uh, odd in a way because I, I wonder why Pearl Bailey was left off if, if guys like Griffith and uh, Hornacek later on did get the honor because uh, yeah you know Utah's sort of similar to San Antonio maybe maybe they it's it's a it's a step above but uh, they honored the longevity guys and Pearl I think she he lives to, in Utah to this day he used to be a studio guy and uh, also had ten seasons peak of sixteen points per game and. That's pretty much the same deal. So yeah, Daryl Griffith definitely stands out when you think of of Ferrell Bailey also as a candidate. Yeah, and, and you know he was um, he was rookie of the year, and um, you know it was a pretty flashy player. He kind of gave the team a spark, you know, after the move to Utah with you know Maravich leaving and Bernard King going to rehab. He was kind of the star who emerged out of that mess, and you know led to the the Jazz to the playoffs for the first time with you know Adrian Dantley, Mark Eaton, and Ricky Green. So you know it was kind of part of that. So I, I get it. He uh, also set a uh, NBA record with most threes in a season uh, with ninety one threes. Uh, <laughs> A different era, of course. Um, but, you know, he averaged 21 points per game for his first five seasons, although he was advanced as did not like him at all. So um, so but uh, they didn't care about that then. So he didn't get to, he didn't get that stigma. But anyway, um, yeah, he, he was an interesting guy. Nickname of Dr. Dr. Duncan Stein, which is one of my favorite uh, nicknames. So. But yeah, in yeah. terms of omissions, you know, um, Andre Karolinko kind of stands out as somebody, you know, who maybe you could honor, you know, you look at somebody like Carlos Boozer or Darren Williams, obviously the way that Williams left the team, maybe not so much, but, you know, Karolinko obviously was an effective player, kind of helped, you know, kind of bridge the um, eras for the Jazz. The other guy who sort of stands out and not really because he of it playing for the Jazz, but for Rod Boone for playing with the Utah Stars and being an important part of the city then, and of course being a Jazz announcer for the for about 27 years you know he's someone seems like someone who they i could see them honoring at some point yeah and as an aba fan i'm all for ron boone after all it's a Utah's only pro basketball title and i think uh, you know his ties with the jazz organization sort of work as a nice way to actually do it i i, I think he I, I think he deserves it so uh next we have the uh, 76ers who have t- 10 jerseys retired um uh, well, well, we'll get to that. It's a, there's one that's a little bit odd and, and one non-number. Uh, so Moses Malone, number two, Allen Iverson, three, Dolph Shays, four, uh, Julius Irving, Maurice Cheeks, Wilt Chamberlain, Hal Greer, Bobby Jones, Billy Cunningham, Charles Barkley, and then uh, Dave Zinkoff, who was their longtime public address announcer with a microphone um, retirement. Um, so... It's it's a little confusing with Moses Malone because he, they had a tribute night soon after he passed away in 2015 that they had announced that he would retire his number the next season, but they actually haven't done that yet. No one now, now no one has worn number two since he left Philly uh, in '86, and um, so it hasn't been in circulation. But 
they have not had a official retirement ceremony yet. The, the team says they, they still plan to honor him some way. Um, there's possible a sculpture unveiling or a jersey n- number retirement, but it's sort of odd that they haven't had that. I can only speculate that maybe there's some connection to Moses Malone Jr.'s lawsuit against James Harden. Maybe they don't want to call attention to that, or maybe there's some some unknown issues to the family or something along those lines, but it's sort of odd that they haven't officially had a ceremony yet. Maybe, they're just, like I said, they're just waiting to give some very special way of, of honoring him. Maybe, maybe a sculpture will be part of it. Maybe they just want to wait on that, but nevertheless... Um, but in, in, in any case, it's out of circulation, so it's not as if they're going to uh, be using anytime soon. But So the first numbers that were retired were um, Hal Greer in November of 76 and Billy Cunningham in December of uh, 76 after both had um, retired. Actually, Greer had been retired for a couple seasons at this point, just after Cunningham had um, retired. So, uh, of course, they were among the great uh, teams from the uh, – the 67 team that, you know, was one that was 168 games and, uh, and such, um, Chamberlain's number actually wasn't retired until 1991. So, um, uh, so waited a while on, uh, that one. He was actually retired for, with the Lakers, uh, first in 83, but, um, in terms of surprises for me, um, the, the fact that Dolph Shays wasn't retired until 2016 after he died, his number four wasn't retired. Um, he's the only primarily Syracuse player, um, honored and, um, Neurons Noel was wearing number four at the time. He was allowed to wear until he was traded to Dallas later on. So, um, and, um, uh, one interesting note is that uh, at, at some point, uh, and this is according to a list on APBBR of retired jerseys, is that uh, Billy Gabor, a very early star with the Syracuse Nationals, his number seven was retired in 1955. And uh, no one actually wore number seven for the franchise um, until 1974. So at some point it must have been forgotten about or what have you. But he was a role player more for the Nats, but he actually was a star at uh, Syracuse University where his number is also retired. So kind of a uh, unofficial, but it's sort of an interesting uh, fun fact there. Yeah, and I, f- I find it odd that they stopped at Gabor because uh, m- maybe it was the timing of it all. But, uh, you know, there were other guys like Red Kerr who had nine good years with Syracuse. And then again, it's a place where sort of the, the, the timing of the franchise m- moving is, is something that hurts those players. But uh, yeah, also, also... I don't know anything about someone like Billy Gabor, but also a place where perhaps the the current franchise could find a way to sort of honor those Syracuse teams. Yeah, that would be nice. And obviously, you know, honoring Shays is a big part of that. He's obviously the most important player in franchise history, but there are other guys, you know, Seymour, you know, uh, several, you know, Red Curs, you mentioned those guys were pretty important um, as well. Uh, yeah, other guys who kind of, you know, look at as omissions, Andrew Tony from the 86ers, he's, that's obviously a big one. And he had some big falling out with the team when he dealt with injuries and um, was unable to come back. Uh, you know, Chet Walker, Luke Jackson from the 67 team. Um, and then you know, no one really, you know, on the horizon right now. I mean, obviously somebody like, uh, you know, Embiid or Ben Simmons, you can imagine someday being up there, but there there's a long way to go before uh, those guys are really, you know, realistic uh, candidates for that. Yeah, and, and it seems like they will have to be Hall of Famers, you know, because uh, Maurice Cheeks is also one uh, do, with, the, with this upcoming class, and it's it's, it's certainly we're getting to these franchises where um, it's 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 very tough competition. Uh, these guys have cases uh, that are you know uh, the, among the best ones in, in, in league history. So it's tough to be a. I think it will be really tough to be a Sixers uh, uh, a retiree uh, in regards to a jersey in these upcoming years. Yeah, for sure. Maybe they just have to retire, you know, process, you know, just have to have that for the uh, yeah. entire team, you know. 
<laughs> and a, a Sam a Sam Hinkie one also one. Yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, next we have the uh, the Kings Royals franchise, and um, we have Tiny Archibald, Mitch Richmond, Chris Webber, uh, number six for the fans: uh, Bob Davies, Maurice Stokes, uh, Oscar Robertson, uh, Peja Stojakovic, Vlade Divac, uh, Jack Twyman, and Sam Lacey. Um, so a total of 11 numbers. The sixth man was retired after their first season in Sacramento when they, I believe, sold out every game uh, or most of the games. Um, and this is another franchise where the dates of the Jersey retirements are a little murky, although it's more understandable given all the cities that they've been in. I've tried to get as many as possible. Um, so Bob Davies was retired during the 1990 season, a few months before he died. And his number 11 was used by 14 players between 58 and 1990. And he was in Rochester. They, of course, moved to Cincinnati and then to Kansas City and then to uh, Sacramento in 85. Um, Nate Archibald was sometime after 1991. Uh, Travis Mays wore number one and, and before 2003. It was also worn by Phil Ford, but by nobody else other than that. Uh, in terms of Maurice Stokes, um, got some help from, uh, from Todd Spear, who's a great NBA historian. Uh, his number 12 was retired in the off season in, uh, 1961 at the urging of the GM Pepper Watson at the time. Although it was used, uh, his number was used a handful of times from 1972 to 1981, um, all, including by Jojo White, although hasn't been used since, um, Oscar Robertson was his jersey was formally retired in Sacramento in February 2003. Uh, again, Todd Spear uh, his says that his number was retired by the Royals not long after um, his trade in Milwaukee. It was announced by uh, Joe Axelson, the GM at the time, but there was no ceremony. It was July 7, 1970. Um, Although, again, his number was used uh, three times between 1977 and 1986, including by uh, Brian Taylor. Um, and then Jack Twyman, uh, not sure about the date. It was before 2003. Interestingly enough, no one has used 27 since he retired in 1966. So, so Cincinnati, Kansas City, now 27 isn't that common of a number, but all three cities it wasn't used. Uh, Sam Lacey, um, it, it, also not sure what date um, – it, was, it looks like it was after the move to Sacramento in 85, but before 2003, and no one has used 44 with a franchise since uh, he retired in the early 80s. So, uh, so yeah, those all, you know, again, th- those are the the players who I would expect you know, ha- to have had their jerseys re- retired in, in terms of, you know, uh, in, in terms of franchise history. I, I think they've done a pretty good job of representing the, uh, the franchise. There's no one else out there who's... Um, you know, uh, in terms of guys up there who I don't feel like are deserving of that honor. Yeah, and, and this might be the team who has uh, the most current guys who didn't necess- necessarily win a title uh, in, in that core of Stojakovic, Divac, uh, Weber, and then even Mitch Richmond. I, I think uh, it, 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 it probably is a good guess that Sacramento tried to build, you know, its own history because they have so many guys in the Raptors who don't necessarily have anything to do with, uh, you know, Sacramento as the city. So they, they've tried to sort of, uh, you know, represent all, all, all of the eras. And uh, I, I, I have, you know, I don't have anything against it. I think it's a, it's a nice way to do it. And then, you know, this, there certainly are a couple of more candidates, but uh, they pretty much have everyone up there. Yeah, I mean, you, you could look at like Jerry Lucas, you know, who, who was who played with the Royals, of course, in the 60s. Mike Bibby, you know, part of those 2000s teams. And then, yeah, the 
like probably the most overlooked and it's obviously been the longest the 40s and 50s rochester teams that won the nbl title in 46 and the uh nba title in 51 and made a couple other nbl finals you know you look at like bobby wanzer um al Servi, red holzman arnie risen you know all really important players from that team and th- this is probably another case where you know, if you just had like a banner honoring the era and you know putting maybe the top players of the hall of famers on it that would be a nice way to kind of take care of that and you know they did a nice thing with um uh, they did a nice thing with davies already you know he was probably the most important player from those teams but um you know that, that that's a it's, it's a minor couple they've done a real nice job of reaching back into their history and honoring the players who you know who who, who for the most part should be honored demarcus probably isn't happening i guess no, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe things will get better. Yeah, DeMarcus would probably be the only guy in of the last 10 years who you would even, you know, be, begin to think about doing it. But obviously the team's unfortunately been pretty miserable during that time. And, you know, he left under, you know, uh, not happy circumstances. So so that that seems kind of less likely. But so now we have uh, the Trailblazers. And, you know, if you were on the 77 team, there's a good chance you got your number retired. Um, we have uh, overall, <laughs> yeah. we have... Uh, Larry, Larry Weinberg, the uh, the longtime owner, uh, Dave Twardzik, uh, Lionel Hollins, Larry Steele, Maurice Lucas, Clyde Drexler, Bob Gross, Terry Porter, Bill Walton, Lloyd Neal, Jeff Petrie, and uh, and Jack Ramsey. So yeah, most of those guys were with the uh, '77 um, team, and uh, they they've retired ten numbers overall, and honoring eleven people. The number '77 for Jack Ramsey and um, Weinberg just has a blank jersey, uh, and Bob Gross and Porter both had number 30 and they were honored two days apart in 2008. Uh, the first, um, player to have the number retired was Lloyd Neal in 79. He played the first four games of that season, but went to the, um, sidelines for good be- and re- retired in the midseason because of knee problems. This is actually mentioned in, uh, breaks of the, uh, of the game. And he later talked about how he felt really strong pride in being the team's first player to have his number retired. Um, and uh just you know it was it was something that meant a lot to him even though he was you know uh more of a role player there didn't make a whole lot of money as a player but but felt good uh towards Steele and petrie were all honored on uh in october of 81 um and that would have been uh i think that would have been yeah the 10-year anniversary of the uh the, the beginning of the franchise probably and petrie of course was you know the rookie of the year that first year and was you know they, they, they were uh he was one of the original, uh, probably the original uh, Trailblazer. Probably lasted the, uh, I'm not sure if he lasted the longest or not, but he would definitely would have been up there in terms of uh, guys who lasted the longest. Yeah, and in this case, uh, I mean, uh, the Lloyd Neal c- case screams like uh, they just couldn't wait to honor someone from the team and it felt like they had the perfect chance. And it almost seems like they, they do regret it a bit, uh, as, 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 as bad as it sounds. Yeah, later on, you know, uh, Harry Glickman, you know, was the GM at the time who said, you know, there'd been there'd been some pressure to retire. At that point, uh, Hollins and Gross had not been retired, but he said, oh, I think we've retired too many already. Um, this was after John Paxson was critical that the Blazers did not retire Jim Paxson's number. And he said, and Glickman said, I think we overdid it. We got emotional and retired too many. We should have been more discerning. In retrospect, only two absolutely legitimately should be retired, Petrie and Walton, which interestingly, Lucas was not included on that list, which I think Lucas would have been the, Lucas and Walton would have been the slam dunks for me. I mean, Petrie was, was good, but, um, you know, not, not necessarily, I, I, I didn't think he would, um, past Lucas I guess maybe he played there longer but other than that I don't, didn't really see the strong case as strong of a case for him 
Oh yeah, and I hope that uh, you know Jack Ramsey is a given because uh, I, I certainly think uh, he should be you know up there either way. But uh, pro- pro- it, it probably was uh, you know he was probably talking about the players and uh, also a note to John Paxson: uh, retire your own guys first because uh, yeah, that that's, yeah. that's certainly a worse case I think than uh, Jim Paxson. Yes, now this was from this was an article from like ninety one or ninety two. So this was a, this was a while ago. This was back when John was was playing for the Bulls. But but yes. That's a fair point. Um, yeah, I would say, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, the, the only guy who I think of uh, of recent vintage who would be up there would be, you know, would be Brandon Roy, who um, obviously was a great player for a relatively short period of time. But I think under normal circumstances, he would be retired. But I don't know if the Blazers having had retire so many numbers, if there's any reason why um they you know haven't done it for him now no one has worn number seven since since uh since he left so i don't know if they're saving it for him or if there's you know, any issues with their relationship or what have you but um you know that would be the only that would be one that would stand out in terms of you know current players obviously damon lillard i think at some point will be retired and then you, you could definitely make a case for the marcus aldridge um you know depending on how uh that relationship goes in the future yeah and, and the question is uh, what would have happened if you know the 92 team excuse me would have won a title because uh, that would have meant a, a whole another bunch of guys who you know would have felt left out I imagine if they didn't get their numbers uh, from Uncle Cliffy to you know Jerome Kersey and Kevin Duckworth and uh, you know the first two guys uh, Cliff Robinson yeah. and Jerome Danny Kersey uh, I mean they yeah they wouldn't be even the worst cases I think uh, overall even if they didn't win a title because uh, yeah it, it, it seems like Portland certainly might be <laughs> you know holding back a, bit, a little in, in these past years yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, they did kind of create a problem for themselves a little bit with those guys, and yeah, I can understand at the time, you know, the excitement over it, and so like, yeah, you want to honor a bunch of guys who are part of your most important team. Like, I definitely understand the, um, you know, the wanting to do that, and they won a championship, which is obviously special, and, and none of the other guys can say that. So, you know, I so hey, they got the numbers up there, good for them. So, uh, next we have the yeah. Pistons. They have uh, Cha- Chauncey Billups, Chuck Daly, uh, who's number two, uh, Ben Wallace, Joe Dumars, Dennis Rodman, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Vinny Johnson, Bob Lanier, Dave Bing, Rip Hamilton, Bill Lambeer, and then for initials, they have Jack McCloskey, who was the GM of the 80s Pistons, and William Davidson, who was a longtime owner. Um, interesting thing is that the Pistons actually retired the numbers of Billups, Wallace, and Rodman while all the jerseys were being used by, um, another player. So uh, eventually, uh, uh, the, uh, Stanley Johnson switched his number, Greg Monroe left the team and Reggie Jackson is still using uh, number one. So, um, Interesting tidbit there. Uh, their first number retired was Dave Bing in 83. Uh, but Lanier's actually wasn't retired until 93, which is a little uh, surprising. I guess the, the, when he left, the Pistons wasn't on the best of terms. So um, in terms of the all the guys who they've uh, chosen, I, it, I think all those guys seem like fairly good choices. I mean, Vinny Johnson is kind of the only really like more marginal player there, but he was really important for those bad boys teams. So I, I, I don't think that's... Like uh, you know that that that's more understandable than some of the other ones, I think. Yeah, and and it's 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 uh, what happens when you have you know success during uh, different eras, and I I think they they got it all right. Uh, I mean, Tayshon's obviously a curious case, and uh, well, well, someone might be underrating defense uh, when when you look at those names, and 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 someone might figure that he's you know he would certainly stand out as a less celebrated name, but uh, I believe his impact was huge enough, and the team did rely on stifling defense after all. So I think uh, you know him 
him up there would make a, make it a complete picture, and then then the, all of the main guys from those title teams would be honored then. Yeah, in terms of omissions, I mean, the the big one, and this is just such in the distant past that it's understandable why it didn't happen, but Bobby McDermott, who was a four-time NBL MVP for the Fort Wayne Pistons in the in the, the mid-40s, uh, he was at, at the time considered the greatest long-distance shooter in the history of the game. He led the franchise to two titles and four finals, uh, and was voted the greatest player of all time in 1946 by NBL coaches, players, and sports editors. And uh, at at the time when, of course, the pace was much slower, he was the first first player in NBL history to average twenty points per game. So, um, so you know, he definitely. And again, it's because of, of how distant in the past it happened. It's understandable that it didn't happen. But I mean, he's obviously uh, you know up there in the greatest players in in the franchise history. Um, other guys who you know uh, would have interesting cases: Larry Faust, who led the Pistons to the finals twice in the nineteen fifties. Uh, George Yardley was also part of those teams and was also the first 2,000 point scorer in NBA history, which is actually the Pistons' first year in Detroit. Yeah, and in, in, in a way, it's almost uh, kind of similar to the Knicks, where uh, I think they might have might have overlooked their history a bit because uh, you know, not not the, not, not there really aren't that great of uh, excuses for those guys not to be up there. I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. I mean, they've they've already honored a lot of guys, so I get why you know they're not initially anxious to honor. Others. Again, that might be a nice thing for do like a Fort Wayne Pistons banner type thing and have a few guys on it. But you know, um, uh, it, it, like I said, not the biggest omission ever, but it is a, it is a little bit. I mean, yeah, I mean McDermott is obviously has a strong case there. Um, next we have, uh, the Phoenix Suns who have, uh, 10 numbers retired and then they have a, uh, uh, then they have, uh, five others. Um, so, so quite a few non-players here, uh, and they do something different, which we'll get into in a moment, but I'll name the players first. Uh, Dick Van Arsdale, Walter Davis, Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Tom Chambers, Alvin Adams, Charles Barkley, Connie Hawkins, Paul Westfall. Uh, and then uh, Jerry Colangelo, John McLeod, uh, Joe Prosky, who was a former trainer, um, Cotton Fitzsimmons, and um, also uh, Al McCoy, who was a longtime radio broadcaster on there. Uh, and also Steve Nash is on this list, uh, also uh, on there. So um, uh, 11 numbers. He's, he's not, uh, for whatever reason, basketball reference, forgot to add him, but he is uh, uh, he was inducted as well. So, and yes, the, the Suns have a ring of honor. Um and they, uh, so it, I guess it's a little bit similar to the Magic, but they do retire the numbers as well. Although apparently retired numbers can be reused, although with two, with except for two exceptions, they have not been. Tom Gugliotta kept number 24 after it was retired for Tom Chambers and kept it for the rest of the time he was with the Suns. And then number 33, Alvin Adams was re- retired so that Grant Hill could wear for a few seasons. But otherwise they have kept those, um. they've kept them retired so but apparently they have the option to bring them back if they uh, want to which i guess avoids the number problem um the first number retired was uh, connie hawkins in uh november of 76 soon after he had uh retired and uh, the most uh, surprising probably would be dick van arsdale in uh 77 although he again was another one of these uh original players for the franchise and he did um he was a three-time All-Star, so you know a certainly a solid player of his time. Anyone who's on the uh, Suns list uh, stand out to you as a uh, as a surprise or as you know um, as an omission? Well, I, I think if you put up Larry Nance against them, uh, 
Tom Chambers, not not that he doesn't deserve it because he was he did receive three All Star appearances, I think, during that time. I, I'd have to check, but he was there only for five years. So I guess he, he sort of, if you put up his case against Larry Nance, he he seems like a bit of a you know he 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 seems uh, like someone who got a lot of done in a short period of the time. But uh, hey, he he definitely he definitely is as good as some of those other names. Uh, you know, when Arsdale's case is due to longevity, so I guess that's his contribution to to Phoenix's history. But uh, yeah, I think if Larry Nance was up there, it would be sort of a, a situation where everybody who you know you might think of is is in the rafters but uh it it, it does seem like an odd omission with all, all of the other guys up there mm-hmm. yeah 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 dan's definitely like i said uh, the the time was relatively short and fortunately he's retired with the caps so at least he does have a jersey retirement but yes he he's a little bit of a, an omission but they've retired a lot of guys so i i, I get it to a certain extent yeah um and, and yeah two who stand out on the horizon for me uh amari stoudemire and sean marion who i think you know both are have strong cases for getting their numbers retired i i would assume that would happen unless there's uh some re- some personal differences or issues feuds with robert sarver or whatever that are going on that would prevent that but other than that i feel like they, those two are pretty much no-brainers yeah they, they should be and uh if especially if they follow in the in the traditions of the past numbers uh i i i, I seem like it seems like there is no you know reason for them not to be and we are down to the uh, teams that have retired the uh, most uh, numbers. Uh, first, we have the uh, Lakers, and they've retired two numbers for uh, Kobe Bryant, 8 and 24, of course, fairly recently. Also have retired um, Will Chamberlain, uh, Elgin Baylor, Gail Goodrich, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, James Worthy, Jerry West, Jamal Wilkes, and uh, and Chick Hearn. They've given a microphone uh jersey retirement uh and they've also they have a banner for the minneapolis lakers uh hall of famers although those numbers are not officially retired we'll get to more of that in a minute but jim pollard Vern mickelson slater martin uh george mikan john kundla who are all make sense and were really important parts of that dynasty and then clyde level who's a little bit of an odd oddity there because he only played for that team only played for the dynasty team for one season and you know wasn't really an important part of that he did he was there for a few years but um he was more you know he he kind of bounced around the league so but he was a hall of famer who played for the team so understandable um and um anyway so yeah they the lakers uh in 2002 they put up the banner that it has the names of the players plus the uh five uh ba nba title seasons they don't include the nbl uh title season on that uh, banner but uh and and mike and when you know w- when it was announced he was he was very uh very excited about it he said he was nice to be part of the laker family i've lived long enough to have a full turn um and um so yes so the minneapolis players numbers can still be used in fact mike is 99 is the only one that hasn't been used um again so it's been been there's it's been unofficially retired i guess or taken out of circulation or just no one wants to wear 99 uh since mike and retired in 56 yeah, so and, and, uh, uh, this is first... a this is a cool example of of you know to some of the other teams who have similar situations uh say what you want about the lakers but uh you know they just nail such uh public appearances and uh, and i think uh, other other teams should take note this is this is really a a great example of how of how to do that 
So uh, in, t- in terms of omissions, um, you know, really the only guys, I mean, they've retired pretty much everyone of consequence. Apparently, they have a rule where they only retire Hall of Famers. And I guess Kobe, of course, will be one. So they've uh, they just decided to do it early. Uh, Byron Scott, Michael Cooper, obviously, were part of the Showtime Lakers teams and, you know, were there for a long time, especially Cooper. And neither one's a Hall of Famer. But, but uh, you know, you, you for most other franchises, you would definitely say those are guys who probably have gotten their jerseys retired. But because of the Lakers having so many and having sustained excellence that didn't happen uh, the first numbers were retired actually they wait, waited until 1983 uh, jack kent cook not big fan of retiring numbers but uh the um but uh, jerry buss did it for uh Wilt, for for chamberlain west and baylor all on the same day november 9th 1983 uh 11 years after that uh, championship uh, season um on the horizon i mean really the only guy i would say um you know, who's played there. Obviously they haven't been very good for the last five years before then. Of course, the, uh, two title teams, I would say Pau Gasol has a solid chance of getting his number retired. I think he's definitely going to be a hall of famer. So whether they want to include him or not, I think it would be good to include him, but I guess that's, uh, we'll see if that happens. Yeah. And I, I think, uh, the, the, the case here is that, uh, the value titles over longevity, uh, it probably would have been a, an, an op- unpopular choice not to retire someone like Shaq or, you know, someone like Wilt, but, uh, uh, I certainly hope that Paul Powell can, you know, follow follow their lead and and, and get the same honor because uh, on paper he, you know, he has similar he has similar uh, successes as as a Lakers center. Yeah, right. And obviously he's not quite at the level of those players, but he was very very good for you know for quite a while and you know was was a really important part of those uh, teams. So. Yeah, I think he definitely would would merit uh, that uh, choice. We'll uh, we'll see if that um, we'll see if that actually happens. And, and no one has worn his jersey since he left in 2014. So you know, perhaps they're saving it for him. And I, I think the truth is probably that uh, you know, if if Kobe wants it to happen, then uh, it will happen. So I, I think uh, his his so called friendship, which seems more like you know a case of Stockholm syndrome, that it might help out <laughs> and then then uh, land him that jersey. Hey, maybe maybe Kobe uh, pitching for him will be worth all those uh, all those years of uh, of torment, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, so last we uh, so it's definitely the by far the most numbers retired at twenty two. In fact, uh, the uh, Boston Celtics. We have um, Robert Parrish, uh, former owner Walter Brown, Red Arbach, uh, Dennis Johnson, Bill Russell, JoJo White, Bob Cousy, Tom Heinsohn, Tom Sanders, John Havlicek, Dave Cowens, Don Nelson, Bill Sharman, Ed McCauley, Frank Ramsey, Sam Jones, Casey Jones, Cedric Maxwell, Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, Reggie Lewis, uh, and then non um, uh, non-numbers, but still up there, uh, Jim Luskadoff, Lusk- uh, who's great enforcer of the 50s and 60s teams, and uh, and Johnny Most, a longtime announcer. And then also Paul Pierce was retired uh, this season as well. So, so yeah, that's a lot of numbers. Yeah, and I, I had never done this task, uh, which is uh, look at the current team numbers and, and, and see how they had to be selected. And uh, it, it's really fascinating because uh, starting with Jalen Brown at number seven and then ad- ending with Abdel Nader at 28, there there isn't a number you can basically choose on the team. It's it's either rock about by, by a retired player or the rest have been picked up by current guys. And it, it really shows how, you know, there there isn't any 
more numbers basically left. Almost nothing's available up to number 28, which are, you know, the most conventional numbers, I guess. And then, and yeah, Jason Tatum has number zero and then only number four and number five are open for takers. And then, then we go on that whole ride. And, you know, uh, I think we'll, we'll get to someone who might occupy number five as well soon enough. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Right. I mean, there is a legitimate, like, now I don't know how much of a problem it is. I mean, like I've doing, doing some of the research, I've read some, I've read a lot of fan posts and some people who are like, Oh, we've retired so many number, you know, what, what do we do about the problem? We need to unretire some of these or like, you know, players aren't going to want to come to Boston if they can't get their number, which I don't think is going to be like, (laughs) is going to be a huge deal, but yeah, who knows? Um, the, uh, the first number retired actually was uh, Bob Cousy and Ed McCauley, who uh, was October 26th, though, 1963, though it's mistakenly listed often as uh, as October 16th, but it was the 26th uh, against the uh, Bullets. Um, and they, I guess they were the first to be retired. I mean, we, we not counting Billy Gabor and maybe there were other guys in the fifties that didn't last, but in terms of numbers that are still recognized today, I believe Cousy and McCauley were the first to get their numbers retired. Um, and, uh, Jim Gloskodoff, who is kind of maybe the most surprising on this list, uh, though, though he was part of a team that won seven uh, championships. Um, so, you know, I, I I don't know if you're on a team that wins seven championships. I think, you know, r- raising your jersey, no matter how marginal a player you are for that is uh, worth having. But he uh, asked, actually asked that his jersey number not be retired so that a future Celtic could uh, wear it. And, and in fact, his 18 was uh, later retired because of Dave Collins. So um, but his was uh, his jersey was retired in 1973. Um, perhaps the most uh, infamous uh, jersey retirement for the Celtics was uh Bill Russell, who uh, essentially got his number retired against his will, uh, like uh, Red Arbach. There, there, there's a great uh, oral history of it uh, in the Boston Globe by um, Adam Himmelsbach and uh, wrote that uh, Arbach knew that he, he was not going to be able to get Russell to, to get to Boston to be honored. So that uh, when he was working there as, for ABC as a commentator, he um, decided he would just go through the ceremony and um, and uh, against Russell's wishes. So eventually they came to a compromise where um, Russell said that he would do it in front of his teammates before the game, but not in a public ceremony. So um, and it was it was kind of a a, a, a surprise. There was um, just a uh, like even the, uh, the there were some players shooting baskets to warm up as it happened. It was kind of a rush, and there were you know some of his former teammates or a handful of writers, ushers, vendors, and ABC people there. But that was about it. And um, so uh, although Havlicek said it was kind of nice, there was some solitude with not that many people around. We were able to reflect on each other and look Bill in the eye and say, great job. We're proud of you. So eventually he, Russell did agree to get his number rededicated at the Fleet Center in 1999. Uh, and then the the money went to the uh, National Mentoring Partnership, which is one of the charities that he uh, is part of. And there was a, a three-hour ceremony. Will Chamberlain was there. Kareem was there. Oscar Robertson. Bill Cosby was the MC of that. So there was a – and he was he was touched by that honor. And obviously his, his feelings changed from the uh, – with the fans during that time, but it's sort of interesting to, uh, you know, the it, it's a, a kind of a funny story of how it happened the first time. Yeah, and and I guess there's there's something to what Havlicek said about solitude of the event, but I also I also wonder who was the most random person, you know, <laughs> being being a witness to such a historic event because uh, I, I assume that many some of the road players could be 
practicing at that particular point, you know, warming up. So maybe, you know, some seven-footer was breaking free throws, right, as uh, Bill Russell's uh, jersey was retired. And, you know, the, <laughs> the ushers, you know, also were around for that. So, yeah, uh, it almost seems like there could be could have been an oral history about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously with so many retires, there are not that many omissions. I mean, you look at somebody like Paul Silas or Bailey Howell, who were, you know, important part of championship teams, but, you know, were had relatively short longevity, especially considering, you know, um, the other guys that, that were honored. I mean, I would say, um, uh, yeah, you know, for other franchises, they might be retired, but for the um, Celtics, obviously don't quite make the cut, you know, in terms of on the horizon, you know, as you allude to, Kevin Garnett, I think, is very likely to get his number retired. I think Ray Allen or Rajon Rondo are interesting, interesting cases there. I think are are maybe Rondo is more likely than Allen. I'm not really sure, but um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do there. Yeah, and Danny Ainge is probably a good one as well, due to the fact that you know he has he has sort of the lifetime achievement one where he has done uh, multiple things for the franchise, and I I think he you know after he steps down and isn't you know connected with the franchise anymore, where it isn't a self serving thing, you know I think he he might deserve that uh, deserve that honor as well. Yeah, I yeah, I mean, I would I would say that's definitely a possibility. I mean, I definitely think he would he would merit it. Yeah, I, I, it seems like kind of something that he might not do while he's GM because obviously, like, yeah, that's kind of uh, you know self serving. But maybe after he's done, I think there's there's definitely some a case to be made there. So also, no no love for the honorary 2005 Atlanta Hawks member Antoine Walker. Oh well, you know, I I would love it. I mean, I would personally, I, I would think, I, I think the Hawks should probably retire his number to be honest. But no, but, but yes, I, I'm not quite going to, uh, not going going to quite uh, merit that, despite uh, despite my love for Antoine. Probably not going to make it, unfortunately. Right. All right. Well, um, thank you, Rainus. We uh, we spent quite a bit of time on uh, this. Definitely going to be a, a two-parter. But uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, checking us out. Uh, everyone should definitely uh, check out the uh, handle. Uh, Rainus has had some really awesome guests from uh, from the, the especially from the '70s. Some great ABA guests and some some really interesting uh, history there. He's really really found some gems. The interviews are always really insightful and highly recommend uh, checking it out as well as his. Uh, youtube channel at lamar matic it's a it's a some great highlights of nba history do a really nice job of uh you know bringing some stuff out there and doing some doing some really good stuff yeah well well thanks for plugging that and uh yeah there are some reasons why it has been a bit bit of an emptier year for me but uh there still are interviews you know once a month for the handle podcast and uh people could also look up the the kareem abdul jabbar skyhook project we did at bballbreakdown.com if they are interested uh we analyzed the data behind each single skyhook that kareem took during the 1983 playoffs so that was something where at least i did uh, spend some time uh, d- during this uh, particular nba season in regards to nba history yeah i'll include a link to that one as well thank you for reminding me about that yeah that, that was some great stuff as well so uh thanks everyone for checking us out you can find us at uh, fansided.com uh, at the step back at fansided.com and uh we're also on itunes stitcher where you listen to your podcast and you can uh, find us on facebook and twitter at over and back nba so thanks for listening and we'll be back again soon
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.